Welcome to the Art of Erotic Spanking podcast series. I'm Charlotte. I'm Chris. And we are the Pleasure Mechanics. In this podcast, we're going to explore in depth the art of erotic spanking. We believe spanking can be a hot and fulfilling part of a healthy sex life, or it can be an erotic disaster if you don't have the right skills. We share expert advice and strategies so you can successfully explore the pleasures of erotic spanking with your lover. If you want to master the techniques of erotic spanking, check out our stroke by stroke video, The Pleasure Mechanic. Guide to Erotic Spanking. You'll discover everything you need to know to make erotic spanking a hot part of your sex life. You can find the video at pleasuremechanics.com. In the last episode, we explored the arousal and pleasures of erotic spanking. In this episode, we're going to be exploring the use of really intense sensations during an erotic spanking. Some might even call it pain. And we're going to be exploring the body's response to the intense sensations, the emotional release of a good spanking, and why you might want to explore more intense erotic spankings. When we see spanking depicted in culture, we often see it as punishment and as something that is inherently painful. But this isn't true. It can be 100% pleasurable, as we've talked about before. It can sometimes reach levels of high sensation and intense sensation, but if it's done in a particular way, and if you use particular tools that we're gonna talk about later on in this episode, you will experience it as just intense sensation. And that can be a really interesting erotic experience. We have a lot of fear about the word pain, I think, and we have a lot of negative associations. But we know that the pain that we're talking about here is not the kind of pain where you slam your finger into a car door or you slice yourself by accident with a knife. That is just our urgent pain. This is a different kind of experience that we will try and explain a little bit more and guide you a little bit in how you can create this different experience that is just about intense sensation. So as we talked about in the last episodes, you want to create a very slow, steady buildup into intensity during your erotic spanking. And what this does is it allows the body time to release endorphins into the bloodstream. And endorphins are the key to enjoying intense sensations and even getting a little bit high on erotic spanking. The word endorphins comes from endo-orphans, endogenous morphine. What this means is it's our body's natural painkiller. It's in the opiate family. It's chemically similar to morphine and heroin. And so the body has its natural pharmacopoeia that allows you to dull pain, get euphoric, and experience intense sensations as a kind of intense pleasurable high. And when you steadily build up the intensity of a spanking, your body responds by releasing a flood of endorphins and suddenly the intense sensations are transformed from being kind of painful to this beautiful edge of pleasure and pain that is best described as intense. This sort of high that we're talking about is commonly experienced by athletes, long distance runners, boxers, mountain climbers, 
all have physical experiences that create this kind of chemical endorphin rush, but we don't judge them. We think of them as heroic, as strong, as powerful, but because we have such a legacy of shaming around sexuality, when this experience happens in our bedroom, we think of it as wrong and bad and sick. And people get really fired up about this, right? Like people really get angry about other people enjoying this pleasure. So I think it's really important to locate this in its biological and physiological facts and understand that as humans, we like to get high. All through time, people have wanted to explore altered states. Children like to spin around in circles because it makes them feel dizzy. It makes them feel different. They like it. Pigs will even, I know probably some people don't like to be associated with being pig-like, but I kind of love pigs. Pigs will bury acorns so that they ferment and they leave them there for a while and then they come back when they fermented because they get a little drunk and high from them. Like as animals, we like to have different altered experiences. So this is just one way of doing this. And I think it's just important to know that. Right, and it's a very healthy high when you compare it to things like alcohol that are totally socially acceptable. A good endorphin rush is totally healthy in the body, doesn't have long-term consequences, and is very pleasurable. So I think, as Charlotte said, it's really important to notice if you have any shame or guilt about your desire for erotic spanking. Because the words like perverted and sick have been thrown around for centuries to describe people who have sexual desires that are outside the socially prescribed norms. And it's time we move away from this and say that if two consenting adults are enjoying each other sexually and no one's getting hurt, then where is the harm in that? And even these intense forms of erotic spanking that we're talking about can be done totally safely. You're not doing any long-term damage to the body. And it can be a really fun, hot way to explore a totally altered state of being sexually euphoric. I just want to add that, of course, there are many ways you can hurt each other while exploring elements of BDSM. But we are talking about erotic spanking done on the butt cheeks with the specific kinds of techniques that we teach in our video guide. And the way we teach it allows you to explore intensity while minimizing risk. One of the benefits of erotic spanking is the opportunity to experience really intense sensation in the body. We don't get a lot of chances in our culture to experience full-on intensity. And spanking gives you that opportunity to explore that feeling state of being almost overwhelmed with sensation and riding your edge of intensity and that balance between pain and pleasure and you get to kind of go up against your limits and then move past them. And it's this really amazing experience of being fully alive in your body and having tons of sensation moving through you and noticing what you feel during that. I think a lot of us seek out experiences that make us feel vibrantly alive. A good erotic spanking where you're really riding the edge of intensity can just wake you up and flood your body with sensations and make you feel vividly alive, like your life is in hyper color. And we can all use those kinds of experiences more often. 
Intense sensations can also create emotional cathartic releases. Sometimes an opportunity to really let out how we are feeling is really valuable. Sadness, anger, frustration. These are all emotions that can get really pent up and we don't have a lot of opportunities to express them physically. And during an erotic spanking, especially if you've told your lover ahead of time that you have something pent up that needs to come out, you can give yourself permission to fully release all of those pent up emotions. We often do this in culture by watching movies. We go see sad movies, we see scary movies, and that is a way where we get to have some kind of physical experience of releasing latent emotions that are stored in us in a low-grade way. We get to have some kind of physical experience of releasing latent emotions that are stored in us in a low-grade way. But spanking takes it to the next level. Right, it's a place where you can really physically release it. Letting yourself scream and moan and cry, kick and punch your pillow with your fists, like all of these can fit into an erotic spanking context and the intense physical sensations of being spanked can prompt the body to go into this release state. We're talking about the receiver though in this experience. Yes. Which is a really important point Good to make. Point. <laughs> As a giver, you have to be very mindful and very aware. Very much in control. Right. Yes. You don't get to... <laughs> Never use erotic spanking as a way of expressing anger by spanking. You always want to go into giving a spanking from a very open-hearted, compassionate state where you are giving exclusively for the receiver's pleasure. If you're feeling pent-up anger, then you need a spanking. You don't need to give a spanking. Right. Very important distinction. So just be aware of this. And, you know, as you're getting started while exploring erotic spanking, you probably just want to have some good experiences to start out with. And then if you feel like you want to explore more intense spankings with an emotional release component, you can negotiate that with your lover and say, you know, I have had the most frustrating, stressful week at work. I'm feeling so pent up. Give me a good firm spanking and I want to wail and cry and stomp my feet and let it all out. And then you create the space to do that. That's what we were talking about two episodes ago in creating an erotic gameplay space. You create an arena with specific boundaries and rules and roles where you say, this is what's going to happen for this period of time. And you both go into that consciously. And so if you know you have emotions that want to be expressed, you can negotiate that ahead of time. But sometimes they come up unexpectedly. Like I have definitely had the experience of during a spanking, having these waves of grief come out of me that I didn't know were going to come out. There's no way I could have anticipated it. And so this is where the skill of being just present and calm with your lover can really pay off. Like if you can hold that space for your lover and let them release and know it has nothing to do with you, and gently check in without interrupting the experience, then you can give your lover a profoundly valuable experience. This is like years of therapy with every spank. Disclaimer, we're not, <laughs> right? spanking is not therapy, but you get my point. It can actually be really transformative and really healthy to let yourself go. And just a tangent here, people often comment on funerals in different countries. And there are some countries where the people experiencing grief 
will scream and wail and cry and beat the earth with their fists as a way of expressing their grief. In this culture, we're speaking from an American context, although we know this podcast is going out around the world. In this culture, we are asked to be very emotionally under control most of the time, and we don't have a lot of opportunities to physically express emotion. And we're talking about creating a window within your relationship, a container to hold it, to give you the opportunity to express emotions physically through your voice and your body. Developing the skill of holding space for somebody to experience whatever they're experiencing is a really wonderful skill to develop. And it really just begins with not being afraid of other people feeling emotion Mm. and not feeling like you have to fix it or that you have to intervene. You just literally stay there and breathe deeply yourself. And keep on spanking. I mean, you can check in. It, it, you can check in. You can ask, say, like, would you like me to keep spanking or do you want me to hold still for a minute? Mm. Because it depends on, they might like to keep, keep, they might like to ride through it and keep yeah. going or they might just need to be quiet and still. But we are so used to trying to fix people's emotions and you need to know that that's just about your discomfort and just try and breathe and be with it. And this is also true, by the way, if anyone ever has, like, cries when you're just having sex with them. Right. Sometimes people cry while having sex because emotions are coming up and that is not something to be afraid of. It just means things are good and uh, emotions and feelings are happening and cleansing is happening and just... It's so true what Chris was saying, that we are not comfortable with big shows of emotion in our culture. So beginning to develop the skill of just being able to be with people in whatever state they are in is such a wonderful erotic skill to cultivate. Yeah, what a gift you can give to your lover if you can provide them not only with a euphoric sexual experience, but a transformative one. Because when you have these forms of emotional catharsis, You often come out the other side feeling cleansed, feeling refreshed, feeling spacious again, feeling ready to conquer life again. It can really take a huge emotional burden away to have an experience like this. So think about that in your erotic spanking explorations with your lover and know that it is a possibility to either actively cultivate this form of catharsis or to just be able to stay present if it comes up unexpectedly. And of course, there's no pressure for it to have to happen. Nope. Some people it will, some people it won't, so... It's just one item on the erotic spanking menu. (laughs) So what do you do when you're feeling so much? As a receiver. As a receiver. There are three main tools that you want to use. The first one, and we will talk about this again and again in all sorts of contexts, but breath is one of the most essential erotic tools to harness. When we learn how to breathe deeply and breathe consistently, we access so much more sensation and thus pleasure. We live in a world where we are often not breathing nearly enough. They're saying that people who live in urban areas are having urban apnea from not breathing deeply. Which really means subventilation, not getting enough oxygen into your body because you are subconsciously breathing very shallowly, either because of pollution or smells, or really just to numb yourself out. But that's a topic for a different conversation, perhaps. 
we cannot overemphasize this skill enough. It is it is a skill to develop because we have all unlearned how to breathe deeply. We know when we watch babies, they know how to breathe well and deeply. And as we get constricted by life and rules and what we should and shouldn't do, we breathe less deeply. And if you begin to just pay attention in your life to how often you're breathing fully, you will be surprised at how little it is. It's a practice to keep breathing more fully. And it may seem simple, but think of all of the spiritual traditions around the world where people spend decades learning how to breathe in meditation. It's a humongous skill to welcome back into your body. And so when we talk about breathing during spanking, what we want to encourage the receiver to do is, as they're being spanked, focus on a slow, steady, full breath. So it doesn't have to be anything fancy. You're not counting inhales or exhales. You're just focused on getting as much oxygen into your body with a minimum effort possible. So big, open, full breaths. And what you'll notice is that the more you breathe, the more you feel. As you welcome more oxygen into your bloodstream, your cells can all operate at a higher level of efficiency and you actually feel more sensation. And so as you're being spanked, if you have nice, full, deep breaths, you'll feel more pleasure and it will also circulate those endorphins in your bloodstream more efficiently and you'll get higher. How motivating is that? Take me higher. <laughs> The second tool you want to think about using while receiving an intense spanking is sound. Giving yourself permission to open your throat and release sound as you are receiving sensation is so essential and just let it let the sounds be authentic. We've all gotten so used to porn tracks. Uh, 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 yeah. Like that. <laughs> So just let yourself try and experiment with letting sounds out. They may be low guttural. Uh, <laughs> or they uh, may uh, <laughs> bestial primal. They may be high tone screeches. They can be I'm not gonna do that. that. <laughs> they can really be anything, but let your throat open and just let sounds out. And it's always easiest to start on the exhale, to make sounds on the exhale, just whatever wants to come out of your body. And just give yourself permission to start and see where that goes. A lot of us get embarrassed about the sounds we make during erotic spanking or any kind of sex. But being on the receiving end of sounds is actually really hot and... Very few lovers will judge you for the sounds you make during pleasure. And if they're judgy like that, then... Ditch them. Ditch them and find a more accepting <laughs> lover. But the point is, like, hearing sounds is really erotic, which is why porn stars overemphasize sounds because it's part of the porn fantasy experience. Hearing sex is very erotic for humans. So giving yourself permission to make sounds not only improves your experience of the erotic spanking, it gives your lover who's spanking you a lot of information about how you're feeling. And they can start matching up the spanks they're giving with the kinds of sounds you're making and notice which you like best, which means you're going to get a better spanking. 
So it's in everyone's interest for the receiver to make more noise. So let yourself be expressive and emotive. And if you are authentic with this, you will notice that this is how the emotional catharsis can start to happen. If you let yourself make sounds, you can let those emotions out. And sometimes that's laughter, sometimes it's tears, sometimes it's just deep groans of pleasure and release. But our sound is a lot of how we process emotion in our body. So give yourself permission to make sounds and you'll feel a lot more on both the physical and emotional levels. And you'll probably turn yourself on more too, because mm -hmm. both you're like opening your throat. Which opens your other sphincters. Little biological fact there. <laughs> you'll feel sexy as you make tons of delicious sounds. You'll physically be opening your body more and it'll just create more of a full body, full sensory experience for both of you. And the third tool you want to use is movement. Even though you're receiving touch, that doesn't mean you can't move. Give yourself permission to wiggle your ass around if you want to, move in hip circles, do Kick some feet, do some thrusts, move your head around. Any of these things will just keep your full body activated. And so you will be more aware of your whole body, which will allow sensation to keep moving around your body more. But especially I would say like try and do some kind of hip hip related movement, whether that's circles, thrusts, any of that will just bring your attention to your hips, to your pelvis, which will again allow for more turn on, more activation in the pelvis. So when you feel like you're at an edge of intensity, giving yourself permission to move your body will spread out the sensation and help you process that pain into pleasure. The other important thing to know is that if you like moving during spanking, you can explore different positions that give you a lot more freedom to move your hips. When you're lying across your lover's lap, there's only so much you can move, but if you're on your hands and knees or hands and elbows, you can really sway your hips around and give your lover a moving target for their spanks. But the big point here is to express yourself. Intensity is a lot harder to process in the body if you're lying still and quiet. If you're giving yourself permission to breathe and make noise and move, you are actively processing those sensations in your body and your body is going to release endorphins and soon you will be high on endorphins and feeling euphoric. And we want to make a distinction here between the edge of pain and pleasure, that intense sensation, and just flat out pain. And the way I like to describe this is that during an intense spanking that's done well, you might have moments of sharpness, but they'll quickly fade into relief and pleasure. If the spanking is just feeling painful and hurting, then you've probably gone too far too quickly, your body hasn't caught up with releasing endorphins, and it now just hurts. And if that's the case, you want to communicate that to your lover, back way up and either switch activities or go really slowly on a warm up to allow your body to gradually acclimate to intense spanks. Another way of determining if you are in the pleasure zone of intense sensation or if you're just straight up in pain is to notice if you can breathe through the sensations. If something is really intense, you may be able to just take a really deep breath and ride that wave of sensation. But if something is just too much, you'll notice your body just wants to contract and stop breathing. That means it's too much for you. So 
please tell your lover to just back it down a little, use your words or your system of communication that you've set up that we'll talk about in the next episode. It's okay there to communicate to take a time out or a slow way down and return it to a place where you can breathe through the sensations. And as the giver, this is a very visual and auditory clue that you can pay attention to. If you're worried about if you're going too far or does it hurt too much, pay attention to your lover's breathing. Notice during the most intense spankings you're giving, are they breathing through it and moaning and delighting in it? Or are they shutting down and contracting and holding their breath? And this is a very easy clue to check in on to see how your intensity is being received. And as a giver, part of the way you can support the receiver in breathing deeply is to breathe deeply yourself. Somehow as humans, we tend to sync up with the people that are around us. So you focusing on breathing deep will support your receiver in breathing deep and and feeling more pleasure and sensation in what you're offering them. I really love doing this in elevators. (laughs) When I get in a crowded elevator, I start taking really deep breaths. And within a floor or two, you notice everyone is breathing more deeply. And it's kind of my gorilla breathing education for the world. You also do it on subways. Sometimes if someone's really upset on a subway, this is one of the things that made me fall in love with Chris, actually, was hearing one of these stories. She would go sit next to someone who was having like, you know, a crying fit on the subway and would just breathe deep next to them until they totally calmed down. I love that little gorilla love warrior moment. So no, it also you... works with crying babies, by the way. <laughs> like in grocery stores, if a kid is freaking out, I'll just pretend to be looking at something on the shelf and go into really deep breath. And often the kid calms down and the parents look at me like, what did you just do? I love this. It's t- but it is the power of breath. So you can use these secret love warrior moves out in the world too. <laughs> Let us know how they work. So everything we've covered today has been really about how to make the best out of a very intense spanking. Because as we've said before, spanking can be really tender and purely pleasurable and erotic and arousing. Or you can choose to turn up the intensity and ride that edge between pleasure and pain and go for the catharsis and go for that intense release of endorphins And that really is up to you. It's kind of like a volume knob of how much you want to turn it up on any given day. And you'll probably explore the range of it within your relationship. Sometimes you're in the mood for just a very simple, sweet spanking. And other times you want to go like all out and have a very intense experience. And so learn how to communicate about this with your partner to get the specific spanking experience you desire in that moment. So remember, if you want to learn more and learn the physical techniques of how to spank your lover for maximum pleasure, please check out our Pleasure Mechanics Guide to Erotic Spanking over at PleasureMechanics.com. Stay tuned on this podcast series for more in-depth conversations about the art of erotic spanking. And let us know if you have any questions. You can always ask us anything. I'm Chris. I'm Charlotte. We're the Pleasure Mechanics. Wishing you a lifetime of pleasure.